0: Thank you for tuning in to the Shape Colorado podcast. This week is our third roundtable, which talks about in person instruction, hybrid and remote learning, and SEL considerations for health and physical education as we get closer to the beginning of the school year.
1: good morning everyone and welcome uh, my name is emily graves i am past president of shape colorado and i wanted to take a moment to thank you for joining us on our third uh, roundtable. today we have a special treat from the western slope of colorado with amy zortman she's going to lead us through the day please however make sure that your mics are muted and if you have a question you can write it in the chat box i will be watching the chat box and so i can answer your questions or i can stop amy and let her know otherwise Uh, Amy, over to you.
2: Hello, everyone. I hope, can you thumbs up if you can hear and see me okay? We're good, awesome. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick. Um, While I'm doing that, my name is Amy Zortman. I've taught PE for 13 years in Mesa County in elementary, and then for the past four years, this is my fourth year, I am the content facilitator for health and physical education and the district wellness coordinator so um grant funded and so I get my job as long as I have a grant so woohoo. today we will be going over three key points so I'm going to talk about in-person instruction Um, and then Ben will talk about hybrid with remote learning. And then I will talk again about social, emotional learning and considerations. So we want to hear from you as well. So I'm going to give you some things that we're doing over here. We want to hear what your districts are doing and get ideas from each other. So, um, first thing I would like to do before we go there, I'm going to share this in. Uh, the link in the chat box and if you would just click on it to kind of read the room to see how we're getting um, back to school this is a padlet and all what you're gonna do is if you're gonna uh, return in person remote or hybrid if whichever falls into your category click the plus and click your and then type in your school district and you'll notice if you've never used Padlet before, um, everything will start popping up so we can all see. So we get a feel of where we're at. All
3: right, coming up.
2: So far, mostly in-person and hybrid. Denver's going remote. Alright, looks like we kind of have a split there. Um well, we have rangely, welding five. Awesome. Go ahead and, and I if I need to
4: change the first.
2: All right so we can look at that okay so um in-person learning district 51 is going to um, in school learning and um i went the directors were making the plan and i went to them and said has anybody thought through pe and what that's going to look like um of course there's a ton on their plates and so uh, they had some guidelines so um we get to help have a little bit of a say in that so the big things are, um, the district has a lot of those guidelines and the masks and everything on theirs. So this is specific to PE. Uh, we have to do cohort, cohorting, just like everybody else in our district. Um, elementary schools, their classroom is going to be their cohort. We can split them up into smaller groups in PE if we would like to. Um, but they, if we do split them in smaller groups, they say, keep those uh, for the whole semester. Um, to keep those cohorts going in middle school, um, will be in groups in their cores. So we have cores. So sixth grade might have three cores of students. So when they come to PE, all the students in core six, one will be in a group in PE and stay in that group. All the kids in core six, two in PE will be in that group. So on and so forth. We will not be using locker rooms, so there's no dressing out. We cannot, the kids cannot dress out, but they can change their shoes. So, um, our teachers are going to need to come up with those SOPs, those standard operating procedures for where their shoes go, where their backpacks go, because they will not have access to the locker rooms. Uh, PE equipment, um, we have to be no equipment or one-to-one. So, Whatever equipment there is, it has to be one-to-one, one One basketball per kid, one cup of cup stacks per kid, one hoo hoop hoop per kid. And when they are finished using that piece of equipment, um, it needs to be sanitized before another student uses it. So we can't pass a ball back and forth because that would be two students touching the same ball without sanitizing. So they can use a ball and play catch against the wall, um, but when they are done with that piece of equipment, it needs to be sanitized. Our district is allowing students to sanitize equipment, Um, whether that be, um, we may have spray, well, we could, the choices are spray bottles, uh, the disinfectant wipes, or our lead nurse said a bucket of soapy water is okay too, and they can wipe down that equipment. For instruction, um, they're encouraging us to spend as much time outside as possible because they don't have to wear masks outside. We also, it's still summertime and we're still above hundred. Some days we're 103, you know, high nineties, it's hot. Um, So we can be half outside, half inside, and any combination that we want. So if they're coming in, they can go outside for the first bit of instruction for half the class and then come back inside um, to cool down a bit and have a second part of a lesson. No contact activities are allowed at this time. Um, and like I said, if using equipment needs to be one to one. So some examples that we um, that we can do um, social emotional learning, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, they're over here. We're going to go over to this side. So for elementary, working on pathways, locomotor skills, using hula hoops, cup stacking. They can be on a personal space mark. Use cup stacking at the end. Wipe down their cups and and move on. Um, fitness, soccer skills. Our nurse, we talked about soccer skills, and she said they can pass a soccer ball back and forth because they're using their feet. They're not touching with their hands. Your hands sweat, and um, that's why they don't want, um, and it can be transmitted through the hands, but with your shoes, your 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 feet are covered by your shoes, and so you're not getting any bodily fluids through the shoes, so you can, um, according to our nurse, we can kick a soccer ball back and forth, but they cannot play a game of soccer because that would be too close. So a lot of skills, um, and yoga. So that's for elementary In secondary. Um, a lot of the same things, but we have a lifetime activity class that, uh, one of our high school teachers, he gets out into the community and this class is, always out in the community doing things and so it's a lot of field trips but right now in our district field trips are not allowed so we're trying to um, come up with different ways that he can stay on campus um, and still do these activities um, getting him some lifetime activities so things some things that we brainstorm was putting setting up a uh, like a mini golf course on the football field asking Um, your golf courses. Hey, do you have a set of 30 putters that we can borrow during this time? And like I told him, he sets up a lot of, um, he's got a lot of, um, relationships with these places around town that he always goes. And so hopefully they can help us out in this, in this time too, with the bucket of balls, um, and work on that putting frisbee golf you can set up a Frisbee golf course on your field using hula hoops as the holes. Everybody has one Frisbee and Frisbee golf. Tennis, um, they can practice tennis skills. Everybody has one racket. And um, we were kind of brainstorming and thinking about how they could possibly do a game. And we thought if everybody has, um, each person has a tennis ball and one might have a red X on it and one might have a blue X on it. And the red X is always mine. So when I serve, I'm the only one that can pick up and and hold that tennis ball with the red X. And that's the one I always serve Um, because I can't pick up the other person's um, ball because that would violate that one-to-one. Orienteering and hiking. Kids can download a compass app on their phones and the teacher can set up um, kind of a scavenger hunt, kind of like geocaching around their fields. Um, and talk about hiking and talk about the safety of hiking and, um, making no before you, um, I'm sorry, leave no trace. And when you go into the mountains, how you should respect the mountains. You should always tell someone where you're going, um, all the safety around that. Um, fishing with rubber, uh, practice plugs. Have you ever done that? That is so fun. Um, contacting the D.O.W. and asking if they have a set of fishing poles that you can use. I've done fishing with elementary kids um, with the plugs. They're just a big plastic plug that goes on instead of a hook. And you go out to the field and you practice catching, uh, casting and reeling it in. And at the end, they can sanitize that handle um, and go down. So those are some examples and we'll get some of yours. Um, open PE, I want to share with this with you if you haven't checked out open um this online physical education network they have a ton of resources and they started putting them out in the spring for remote learning but if you click on back to school so they're going to give you the tools and they are, have started these curriculum maps so um with the guidelines in place from CDE. So if you click on the PDF, and it'll give you, um, this is the first three weeks here. This is k uh, one K-1-2. And the values, responsibility. And this is weeks four through seven. So OpenPE has curriculum maps out for you. Not saying that you have to use them exactly, but it's a good place to pull ideas from. Um, and then making sure that that they fall within your district guidelines of what you can do. Shape America um, has a lot of things and we'll get into some of those things when we talk about SEL and Health Moves Minds. Um, Yes, OpenPE is totally free and you have access to um, a ton of information and lessons and lots of things on there. I would highly encourage you to check out OpenPE as well. Um, all right, what what are you doing in your districts? What um, what questions do you have? What ideas do you have? This is a round table we want you to share. So we'll probably take about five minutes for, um, a conversation here before we turn some time to Ben. And if you want to type them in the chat box, that's fine. If you have an answer to something, yep, or unmute.
1: So, Amy, were these all things that you guys came up with or were these things that the district told you you had to organize this way? Um, stop sharing a little bit. Well, a lot of,
2: bit of both because we had to go off of um, I'll pull up our we had to go off of the D 51 reopening information. Um, and that was based on conversations between our um, nursing coordinator, Mesa County Public Health, um, the superintendent, the um, the directors and so we use that, they're going off of the Academy of Pediatrics, a lot of their information, um, nursing students. And what I did was I um, I sent an email out to all my PE teachers and I said, we're gonna have uh, three sessions, elementary at this time, middle at this time, high school at this time, bring your questions and I'm gonna work on getting those answers for you and we're gonna figure this out. So, um I took all their questions and I went and I sat down with the, the district nurse and um, she explained to me a lot of things that, um, that I didn't understand and where they're coming from as the health department. Um, so it was a collaborative effort, but, on, but it's really what your health department says you can and cannot do. You might have to bring those suggestions to your health department and say, hey, we have this situation. How do I handle this? And work through them, work work with them to figure out that solution.
1: I've just had a lot of people asking me what is going on, and I like you, I'm honestly like I I don't know. I'm just waiting for guidelines from the state and from the school district and from my school. And so I just wanted to make sure that everyone you understood not to be freaking out yet because I know as teachers we are very organized, or at least I am. And it's been hard to wait for them to get this information to me. Um, So I encourage all of you actually to go ask. Ask your principals, ask administrators, like ask whoever you can if you're not back to school yet. Most of them have a plan, they just haven't shared it.
2: And what happened with us is I kept asking and asking and I said, um, does PE have a plan? What's the plan for PE? And they kept telling me, the directors are working on it, the directors are working on it, the directors are working on it. So I emailed one of the directors and they had not been thinking through those things specific to PE yet. Remember, they're thinking about the entire district and everything that goes on from lunch to walking through hallways to kids on the bus. They have, there's so much. And so if you have a, a coordinator for PE in your district, encourage them to say, hey, you know, has this been thought through yet? Or can I get a group together to start working on that? So when I emailed the directors, they actually responded back and said, actually, Amy, we haven't, if you could do that, that would be great. Um, I went into a little panic mode because that was on a Friday and they were going to present to the school board on Tuesday. And I was like, but we actually got an extended week and I was able to get teacher voice in. So, um, said in the, in the chat box, allow for grace allow for nobody has done this before so bring your ideas forth write out your list of questions that you have that you need answers to and ask because the chances are they may not have thought through those things before music has a whole set too music is going to have to put a sock at the end of their instrument so so spit is not coming onto the floor so those so there's things in our areas that the directors if they've never taught music or PE or any type of special, they don't know what questions to ask and what questions to answer. So if you come up with those questions um, and ask them, that's how you're going to get your
5: answers. Amy, so, uh, uh, you yeah. have a question. So I, I did get involved with my district because I had that same feeling like, you know, we need to say something. Why are we waiting for people but anyway, um, it's still we're still up in the air on whether at elementary school we're going into the classroom to teach the specials or they're going to let specials come to our space. So once we get that figured out, we can go from there, but um, I did give a lot of reasons in my opinion why it'd be way better for them to be coming to our space than at least going outside. But yes. that aside, um, I was talking to them about sanitation as well, and I had thought putting out a big tub, of like a Tupperware tub, full of either like diluted bleach, but I kept thinking, so did you say that you could do a bucket of soapy water? Because that would be so helpful for kids taking like a gator ball and just sticking it in there, you know, six feet apart, they push it down and then the next group can come in and take it out. Um, And we could even go to something like golf balls um, for, you know, like target golf outside, like you were saying um, with um, frisbee golf, but you know, just like a hula hoop on the ground and the little guys could throw that instead of like a bean bag, which is going to be hard to
3: right. clean. We can wash those.
5: Yeah. Um, so then I thought I also on the sanitizing, did you also say sprinkles and what did you mean by that? I did say sprinkles, but so
2: we have three options and, and you need to make sure that you check with your district on your sanitation because some disinfectants take 10 minutes to dry and fully okay. sanitize. Some take two, so okay. some districts, some people have a spray. So at, so if you're using a gator ball, they can line them all up against the wall. Teacher walk by, spray, so spray everything. They, if it's a two minute dry, they can sit there while classes okay. are. Um, on the, I don't know if I would submerge equipment because that it's going to take longer time to dry. Okay, you just have a bucket and they can use the rag bring out the rag, wipe it down, or
3: okay.
2: the wipes, hand them, hold the bucket, everybody pulls a wipe, wipe your stuff down, leave it on your personal space. So okay. I, with our district, um, I was told that those things have been ordered, but we kind of get what we get and they're not for sure and mm-hmm. um, what we're gonna get. So you may have a combination of wipes and spray, um, mm-hmm have one or the other but it's also important that you follow the guidelines uh, for mixing if it's in a spray bottle and um, in our district you know the custodians and we're actually getting um, an extra health assistant hired in every school with COVID money that will be able to mix those solutions um, so that they're not too strong or too weak.
5: Okay and that's um, what you know where I am and where I go to church they have a spray and they spray it on a fine mist and what their person told me is that the mist needs to dry without wiping because as soon as you add a wipe in, you add more germs back in. But I was thinking that maybe if we have ball racks and things that we can put them on, you could just spray them and let them sit. But um, I don't know if that's what you were calling sprinkles or, um, but they have a motorized, they have a um, like Home Depot, you can buy a motorized little backpack thing or just a handheld gallon and It does a fine, fine mist and it's um, on batteries that are rechargeable. So you're not going to get carpal tunnel trying to spray all this stuff if they won't let kids do it.
2: Yeah. And in my district, they're going to allow kids to help sanitize. Um, And so part of our training camp at the beginning of the year is how do we sanitize our equipment Mm -hmm. being added
5: into training camp? And so I guess from the people that are here, does anybody else, are they being told that they will teach their specials in a classroom, their PE?
3: And I'm I'm in Aurora. And if we are to go back in person, we will be needing to go into the classroom with them. And then that'll be very limited. We won't get to see all the kids. Not all the kids will get PE. that type of situation. But currently we are set to stay remote until at least October 8th. And I I was just wondering, I actually had this question if anybody else had this experience in the spring or is planning for this experience, but they're wanting us to teach rather than like presenting material in an asynchronous way. We are to be online with seven different classes a day, an hour each. And, and teaching those classes for an hour remotely and I'm just already feeling a little overwhelmed as to number one, what I'm going to do and how I might approach kids being physically active but their computers are on and I can't see their physical activity because they can't move their computer or or I'm just not quite sure. So is anybody else in that position or have any suggestions for me that would be great
0: so that's actually a really good segue into the next part if if nobody has any more of the in-person um i can take over amy and we can go through that that's just great i'm going to put my email
2: address in the chat box if anybody needs to email me with further questions on (laughs) what we're doing and go for it, Ben.
0: Okay, um, so let me just bring it up real quick. So with what Krista just said, um, there are multiple districts that are trying to decide what remote or asynchronous synchronous learning looks like. And I've had the conversations, I'm out in District 49 out in Falcon and East Colorado Springs. Um, and we're actually split up into zones within our district and a whole nother set of things on that. Um, but the the number one thing I would bring up, uh, Kristen, for that is how, what do you do about the kids who can't be logged in at that time uh, remotely, who can't be available because uh, they have one device or uh, the parents are working and they can't use the internet and stuff like that. So um when when those conversations come up like that for well you know math or reading or science or those core contents that that may work Um, i had fourth grade teachers at my school attempt to do that where the kids were on from eight to three and it was great to watch it kind of fail spectacularly because it, it it's not how remote learning it's not how hybrid learning it's not how any of that would work um So to give you guys a a quick background, um, I'm the technology director for Shape Colorado. Uh, I carry a master's degree in integrating technology in the classroom. Um, 90% of any of the tech stuff you guys see, receive, or get through Shape Colorado is is me doing it on the other end. Um, So, you know, I I do a lot of stuff for um, remote style and you really, when it comes to remote learning, you kind of, everybody here, you kind of have to go with what your building or your district is going, but you have to ask—you know—you have to ask those specific questions um, on, you know, and you look at the the type of contact. You know, are they requiring everybody to log in via Google Classroom or Schoology or Seesaw or some LMS, um, or is it where you can do a non-login um, contact where you're using the Padlet um, or you're using. A Google form, or you're having them post something, or you're interacting with them on, you know, Instagram or you know, TikTok or whatever you decide to do, um, and that's really the first thing that everybody should be kind of looking at is okay, what's the expectation of contact, uh, and when that's there, then you can take the next steps. Um, and the, the the great thing about the remote and even the hybrid, if you're you know on a split schedule where some of the kids are in and some of the kids are out um, on different days is that we now have the opportunity to collect data on everything that is standard related. Um, your cognitive and your student proof of, co- of cognitive understanding should go through the roof um, using one tool or two tools or many tools. Um, this is really a great opportunity to look at those standards and go, okay, what do I need to have cognitive you know, the cognitive understanding from each student, and that's what you start to create your hybrid around or your remote learning around. Um, Going, okay, well, they need to be able to explain this or show this or do, you know, and so that's really the best place to start. Um, Again, because we see kids, you know, different hours of the day, different times of the day, the whole synchronicity thing doesn't quite necessarily work when you're looking at homeschool development they're looking at an hour and a half for an elementary kid total for the day for all of their learning a second you know a secondary middle and high school you're looking at up to two and a half hours um so there's there's got to be a shift where well yes you have to you know maybe touch base with them every day but that doesn't mean you're seeing one kid or one class at one time um you know the point of a synchronicity is what happens if you get fifth graders and kindergartners that can be on at the same time or their siblings or in their same family and you create that environment where it's accessible throughout the day. Uh, so when you go into that, that's where, you know, for the, the hybrid and the remote learning, um, really comes in. And really those become two very different things. I do know some, um, some schools are attempting a hybrid learning where on, you know, you may be teaching a class that's in the room and you're teaching the same cl- uh, the same group of kids or a different group of kids online at the exact same time. That is is going to cause, you know, potential issues all the way around. You know, that's like having me here, you know, with you guys and going, okay, I need everybody to stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, but I'm all the way in the back of the gym where you see me like a little itty bitty fly on the screen. You know, how do I know the kids are doing that instead of just sitting there watching? it just it becomes a whole nother layer um of that and so having the the remote side and going remote where your kids can provide you stuff is helpful um so i will show a couple of things here real quick um again if you have questions uh please especially while i'm talking turn your mic on say something i'll stop throw it in the chat i have it up Um, I do full workshops, like four or five hour workshops on how to do this stuff. I don't want to do that. I want to get a couple of ideas to everybody and then, you know, field your questions because this is the part where there's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of wonder. Um, And so I want to give you guys some things to use right now. So in my school, what we did during the the fourth quarter is we actually created just a, a Google site um because our classroom teachers our grade level teachers use different things so we created a google site with the the explorers and we posted our things at the beginning of the week so whatever day you were supposed to see us you had all week to do it because we see them once every four days so videos instructions for padlet you know forms these are all things that my kids did throughout the school year so they they knew what it was or once they figured it out it was very quick very smooth require different things. So this is one way to do it, where you lay out a very specific um, you know, style and you do consistency. Um, the next part of it, and I don't know how many other districts are doing modern teacher, um, but there's a thing called a playlist and it's really actually a great way to do remote learning with kids of all ages. So in this, this is a remote learning plan. So I take a standard and this could take a week, it take two weeks. But it kind of gives them the rubric, it also gives the parents the standard in the rubric of where we're going. I provide them with thing, ways to learn about it. Um, so you hit all the domains, you give them ways to practice it, and then you give them ways to prove it. And in doing that, you're taking one thing, one standard, one part of a standard, and you're creating a list that it applies to a whole bunch of kids. And you can post this in one place, and they just learn to click through it and go down, and some kids may do this at 6:30 at night when mom or dad get home some kids may do them at 6:30 in the morning so you know with that and following with the the asynchronous and synchronous idea my district has you know and building has mandated that there are times that we are online we're, we're not you know necessarily going to follow the, the the day schedule because that's just in in all honesty that doesn't that's not valuable or enriching for anybody but going okay in the morning there's a time where an hour and a half i'm online and people can come see me parents kids whatnot in the afternoon same thing because some parents work during the day and they have questions in the afternoon some kids you know their their older sibling has the device in the morning and they're going to get it in the afternoon so making those things and it's not about making them complicated it's, you know, taking simple stuff, taking videos of baseball players throwing and having them analyze the cues, to having them record themselves doing it, to having them take a picture of a, a floor routine that they drew out or a dance movement, or at the high school level, well, if you're having them use Train Heroic or some other um, fitness app that they're checking in daily, they're sending a screenshot, um, you know, and that's where you're using those remind apps or stuff like that, where it's like, okay, they sent me a screenshot, great, that's today. Are there kids that are going to try to spoof that? Sure. But if you have them constantly contacting, then, then at least you're, you're engaging and, and you're making the, the effort there. Um, and it's one thing that it's like, you can look at all these things and it's way overwhelming. My best suggestion, pick one or two and start there. Pick one or two things, start there and then ease into something else if you need to. But Districts are throwing, well, try this app, try this app, do this app, do this app, and it's just Bitmoji classrooms, you know, 360 things, video, and it just becomes overwhelming. So you pick one way, two ways you're going to do something, and start there. So questions, concerns, wonders, worries, I know that was kind of a lot, kind of quick. Um, I hope that, you know, it, it gave some people some ideas. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, let's ask questions. Um, you're talking to somebody who's actually, you know, a tech geek and nerd. Come on. You know, we can, let me, let me help you out. Uh,
3: I appreciate all of those suggestions and that's definitely the way I was hoping to approach the remote. I'm wondering because (laughs) my district is going the complete opposite route where they're like, they have given me a schedule. 9 or 8.20 to 9.15 I am in an online class with 6th graders, 9.20 to 10.15 I'm in an online class with 1st graders and so on and so forth. And I'm just wondering how do I advocate for the fact that number one, I really don't think that this is going to work. Number two, I'm going to be sitting in front of my computer for 7 hours a day and kids are going to be sitting in front of theirs for up to 5 to 6 hours a day and i am just terrified for this situation and i've already like made these suggestions of i'm in my master's program right now at unc and we just made like virtual classrooms and showed how we can include all of the assessments and kids could do this on their own time and we could have kind of that office hours time and whatnot and and they are just adamant that no this is not how it's going to work you are going to work seven hours a day in front of a computer and i'm just I don't
0: know. Well, and so, yeah. And, and I mean, again, continuing to show them continuing to rhyme them, have them try it, um, you know, and point out that when you look at even MLUs and stuff for districts, PE is exempt out of classroom sizes. You know, when they start making schedules, PE is exempt out of several things, art, music, band, choir. They're all exempt out of classroom sizes for one because we have bigger spaces usually. Um, you know, and it, you have them try it you say, okay, you know what you guys are saying to me, this is how it's going to work. Please show me an example, have them provide you an example that is content or, you know, specific because then they run into the problems of all of those things falling apart. And you know, it, again, it's, you're basing it on, they're basing it on the, you know, the idea of keeping it as close to normal as possible, which is really not, not. Helpful, it's not pertinent and it doesn't apply that's like You know taking what we would do inquire and how we would line up and putting it in a two-on-one scenario it, it, it doesn't work and sometimes they have to they're gonna have to and what's gonna happen is they're gonna have to see it They're gonna have to see you try it. I would record my whole day and send them the file and say okay you sit and watch this seven hours then we can discuss this because same thing everybody's saying go back to school but they're still holding board meetings remotely they're not doing board meetings where they have half the people in the in the room and the other people online and trying to manage two conversations I mean there are things that on paper they they seem like doable but it's like okay you know let's try this for you know a day or two let's just do one day and bring that up to your building going we need to try what this looks like because if I'm stressed and I'm concerned there's somebody else in this building who's feeling the same way Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenna, yeah, we'll talk about the accountability um, and tech for that. So um, I can give a couple examples if, if we don't have anybody who's really has or thinking of questions. Um, student accountability is really big um, because we're, we're trusting them to give what we need, you know, to respond to what we need. Um, a couple of ways to do that. And I can, I mean, I can probably pull up and show you Um, Ways that I've done it. So one way I did it Was in a Google form. I had them do a file upload and so then right here You'll see I I have a whole list of all their videos. That was one way. I stuck to accountability um, To go through that where they you know, and they had to log in for that within the Google platform if you're uh, Office 365 school you can do it with an excel form, but this was one way that I had them provide me with examples Um, another way is like Amy did at the beginning using a padlet and having, um, having the students post everything on the padlet, um, and throughout the week and then go back and see this one, this one, I might've already archived it, um, have them go back and comment on it. But if they're providing their name, their example, yeah. Okay. So this one's up. Um, so then I gave each grade their own area and again, gave them a week and the kids learned how to do it. They sent videos, they put pictures, you know, they typed. I had to reach all the domains. Some kids drew pictures and took a screen, you know, took a picture of it. Some did screenshots. Um, so this was a way that I could get the accountability from them each week. Uh, again, because I wasn't using Schoology or um, Google Classroom, because I wanted to make sure all of my kids that I saw once a week could get to the device. could use any device. They could use a phone on mobile data. They could use a tablet. They could use the Chromebook. I didn't care what device they used. I wanted to make it as easy and as, as you know, as easy to access as possible. And this is what, you know, this is what we came up with. And out of 350 kids over seven weeks, I missed nine kids. I didn't hear from nine kids over seven weeks because you know, this could fit around their schedules. Um, which, you know, helped a lot. Um, so that's the accountability. Same thing with the high school. When you're using those LMSs, if you're using Schoology or Google Classroom, those daily check-ins, okay, you've, you know, you got to submit something each day. Hopefully they'll do the accountability where your district's allowing you to put grades on, them. Um, you know, where you're grading them. You know, I, I've done that with the, with my playlist, you know, I've now given them that stand, that rubric. And so I will be able to provide their, their structure for it. We just spent, you know, last fourth quarter going over to kids connected. Um, So hopefully that will, that will help, um, you know, help them be accountable. But there's going to be a lot more self-motivation that's going to be involved in remote learning. Jenna, does that answer some of your questions on that? Yeah, that's
6: really helpful. um, we're doing the hybrid so I'll see my students um, two days a week so they're splitting the classes in half and half are in person half are online and so um, they so far have told us that they expect us to teach um, the lesson only once and kids at home are expected to do the same things as kids in the class which I'm also teaching. I'm also a science teacher, so I'm also teaching anatomy, which works okay for that. But I just there's no way to do that because in person and remote for me are going to be so different. With right, me. Right, right. So I've been just trying to figure out how can I have things that kids can do on their own at home while the kids in class are doing something entirely different, and then flip flop that. And then Fridays, that's no, right. it's all remote. So that's yeah, that's really helpful to kind think through. 'Cause they also are, I mean, all schools are trying to figure out how to do this, like how do we keep track of attendance for funding and for, you know, kind sure, sure. of student just involvement. And so that's what we've been talking through as a school is what what is that gonna look like? And they're also I'm going to be limiting, which I think is wise, limiting the number of apps that teachers are allowed to use so that the students are not like trying to figure out 10 million different apps and all the teachers are trying to do their own thing. So I'm trying to, right now they're in the decision-making process of which apps are going to be allowed. So I'm trying to get like the, the gold nugget apps that I can recommend and that I need to use for PE set now so that I'm not like trying to Add things on later when all these things have already been decided. So that's yeah, really cool.
0: And the other thing I would
6: add to that
0: um, on top of that is, especially with the remote, if they are having you do that, where you're having to provide the kids at home with something as well, is all of your demonstration basically make your whole unit almost a your whole lesson almost the flip style. So while you're in building and you're teaching the kids in class, you may be showing them a video of you or a GIF of you throwing a ball over and over again. So you're providing them direct instruction, but at the same time, the kids at home can click and watch those same things because otherwise, you know, you're trying to record your class from one place with a mic and a camera and the ability to upload. And, you know, it becomes the the technology side on that becomes a whole nother game. And if one of those things fail, then, there's a whole fallout of it. So anything you create to use online, use that. Have that be the same thing you use within your classroom, within you know any grade. So if I was doing you know the the weightlifting at the high school level, I would have my my students you know go okay. Here are the the, the workout we're doing. Here are the exercises it would be the exact same videos instead of me necessarily demonstrating it and counting it out or helping them or having a student do it. It'd be the exact same thing that the kids online would be doing just at their own pace. So anytime you can use the same thing in both places, um, do it. That, That solves a lot of it because then you, they, a kid can play it over and over again. Um, you can have it on the projector playing over and over again, or whatever device they may have, or whatnot. Um, same thing for those that got to push into the classroom. You know, if you think about, you know, if they have that, or you're basically creating your own set of Go Noodles, where it's your words, your instruction, and you're there to guide it, but they're following with the instruction coming from the video or from the audio or whatever. Um, so anytime you can double up on things. Um, do it. It, It'll make it so much easier and it it takes the pressure off of you um, from trying to go, well, I've got a broadcast here and this, and I don't realize what I have to do to broadcast. And well, the Google meets and I'm across the gym and the person in in the online is having a problem, but I can't see it because my screen's 15 inches big. It's not going to work. They don't think of that because right now it's not in their scope.
6: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, they're so far, they've told us that they're providing, um, a iPad and a swivel with the microphone mm-hmm. or I think it's called swivel with the yeah, microphone. Yeah, so the tracking
0: camera. Yep.
6: Follow us, but I'm thinking it'll probably be more um, used for creating the, those video. I'll use it more for creating those videos so that the right. thing will follow me while I'm creating the video. Because we also out on the field, there's like not even cell service. There's no Wi-Fi. So if we're doing stuff out on li- off, sorry, we're doing stuff mostly outside, then there's no way for me to like do a live stream of the class in person and i don't know that the students will even have service out on the field so it's going to be anything is going to be a challenge but
0: absolutely yeah so and i will also throw a link to that playlist here in the chat um make yourself a copy of it um so then if you want to look at that kind of structure and whatnot um And I mean, that's even for the the older kids and stuff. You can actually even have it set up where they have to do a pre and post. um, And they can look at it and actually self-assess, peer assess, watch a video of somebody else. I mean, you just think outside the box. It's almost like you're scouting, you know, for sports and stuff and you're looking for those and that's what you help them become. And I'll, here, I'll even put the maybe I'll put the link to our e-learning page just so you can um, see it is so Mary it's um a playlist is just it's a term that's used where they get to pick their things that they use so here the standard is listed and then the progressions of what I you know what I expect to be done And then down here is the playlist. So they've got three different options to learn about it. So depending on which way works best for them to learn. Um, And then they've got a couple of different ways to practice it, which again is their choice. That's the playlist part. They get to pick what they do and how they do it. And same thing with the proof of learning. They can either post a Padlet or they can do the Google form and submit. So it's giving them those choices. Um, So yeah, let me check the. Oh yep. Okay, hold on. So yeah, that's the that's what the playlist stands for. Um, on that. So let me double check there. Here. Alright. That, that link should work now and then you can go to the PE. You can share it with your art and music teachers. Um, any other questions before we jump back and um, go on to the next part of the, the SEL? That help alleviate some questions, concerns, wonders, worries for people. They kind of give you something to think about. Sorry if it overwhelmed you or you know added to your 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 stress already. Cool. All right. Well, then, Amy, on to you. All
3: right.
2: So hopefully you're not too stressed, but we are going to talk about social emotional learning. Um, I don't know about you, but when I did know that other contents don't have social emotional standards within their state standards. So health and PE are the only two um, content areas that have actual standards in there. Um, and I was kind of shocked when I learned that the others didn't and thought, why isn't this? Isn't everybody already doing this? You know, and now social emotional learning has really um, been center focus, and our kids need it. They've been at home, behind computer screens, in lockdown for a few months. We can't go play with our friends. We can't do any of this stuff and coming back in whatever form we need to make sure that they know that we care about them and that, um, whatever interaction you are, you know, that you're having with them, um, that, that, that you're there, that their teachers are there, um, and that they're loved. So, shape america put out um let me show you. you can download it if you go to shape america um even if you're not a member of shape america you can sign up for a free account and be able to download some resources um if you go as it's coming up um if you t- if you can even just type in social emotional learning And then this crosswalk K-12 physical education and castle will come up and then it'll put it into. um, you'll get this and you can add it to your cart and download it. Um, that's aligned with the national standards. What I did is I took it because our superintendent asked me, what do we do in PE for social emotional learning? And I said, Hey, guess what we have standards. So I took this wording up here is straight from the national, um, what's on the national document and I just changed it to instead of national I put the Colorado academic standards So as you scroll down and I'm going to share this with you guys to view that you can um, See it And I have anyone can view it so hopefully you'll be able to but this is a k-12 document so I took um, standard 3, put it all in here, and then I put which um, competencies for from CASEL that we're addressing with those standards. So this is, um, like I said, a K-12 document. And I gave this to our superintendent to use when she's saying, "How you know?" She said she gets a lot of questions. How are we handling social emotional? We have them in our standards. If you're teaching to the standards, you're hitting these these items. Um, but this this document just brings them out for you, um, so that they're more kind of in front of your face and saying, "Yeah, that you know, this is what I need to be doing. This is what we're doing." I am working on. The one, um, I'm gonna do the same document um, for the health standards. Um, So when I have that out, I'm fine sharing that one too. So all the the standards and how they um, relate to self-awareness, self-management, self-awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. So that's kind of a little tool for your pocket um, that you can feel free to use. The next one, um, Health Moves Minds on Shape America. They have lesson plans. So if you come and you click on their Health Moves Minds and you click on Educate. All of these are downloadable. Um, Right now they have K5 lessons, um, materials for 6-8. This morning it said still to come and now it has for 9-12. I've been waiting for those. Anyway, sorry Squirrel. Um, So now they have high school on there as well. So you can click on a mindfulness minute. They have the posters and all the lessons that go um, on these. And you can download them into your own Google Doc or Google um, folder to keep them. So you're clicking on and it gives you a whole lesson. So beginning of the year, good stuff to have if you're working specifically on SEL. It gives you the national standards, um, your objectives, the equipment. Um, now, that being said, you have to watch the one-to-one equipment or no equipment, depending on what your health department is saying. Um, and it, your check for understandings. Um, the whole activity, it gives you whole lessons on social emotional learning in physical education. So I would encourage you to look at that as well.
3: Amy, do you know if you
1: have to be a shape America member to get that? No, you do not. I'm not a
2: shape. I used to be a shape America member. I am not anymore, but you can register um, on shape America. Um, You go You should be able to create a free, oh, I'm already standing. You should be able to um, create a free uh, registration and login um, that you can access these materials. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, another thing that um, I wanted to show you is Jeffco created on there from their healthy schools, they created a virtual calm room And so I created one for our district based off of it, but also as PE teachers, we want to empower our classroom teachers and help them um, on ways to incorporate some of these things. And so this takes you to, um, guided meditations, guided relaxations, the guided meditations are more adult for adults. And sometimes meditation, um, parents don't like their kids meditating, but they're okay with relaxing. So, um, like for students, guided relaxations. So, part of your lessons or classroom lessons could be you're outside for half of your lesson, you come back inside and we're going to do a guided relaxation. And you can just bring up one of these examples and, and do it. Um, so there's a whole lot of things. If you just type into a search bar, um,
5: I'll put this in the link. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: This is one to Jeffco's. There's live cameras, music. Um, I would suggest to teachers when kids are coming in from recess that they have some calming music or um, the visual relaxation. You can pull up a beach and the kids can come in and sit calmly and have a mindful minute before moving on to their next thing. I always like, um, part of my closure in my class when i'm teaching is we go we do our closure and we talk about what we talk you know our lesson for that day but then we lay in hookups we lay down and i turn on some classical music and hookups are right here Um, so palms out cross your hands hook them up and they can sit or lay down and cross their legs and i play some classical music for 30 seconds and work just deep breathing and it's amazing even my fifth graders are like oh i feel so much better and just get them in that, that mental state of mind to go tackle the next thing on their plate. So I think when, it's like in sports, and when when I used to coach volleyball, I played volleyball in high school in Pueblo, and my coach would just run us and run us and run us, and we'd have to do stairwells and then serve and stairwells and serve. And it wasn't until I was coaching that I was like, oh, he's trying during that practice, he's simulating stress in me. So when I'm in a game situation, I can perform under pressure. So in our classes, we need to teach them how to react to stress. So when they're, they're in that stressful environment, they can say, Hey, I have these tools to help me. And hookups are a great way to do that and focus on that breathing. Um, But going through and just giving them a resource of Hey, this is what I can do to calm my brain and to calm my mind. Um, take a couple deep breaths before I go about my day. So What questions do we have around that? Or what else would you like to know?
3: Can you um, touch on, I'm sorry, when I go to the Shape America for the Health Moves Minds, can you touch on the whole fundraising versus setting up, like, how can we get access to that without doing the whole fundraising part of that? You don't have to do the fundraising. Um, so down here, if you just click on Educate, uh huh, and then
2: those lessons come up.
3: Uh, it says we need like um, a membership, we don't. Oh. That,
2: should, oh, because it has because oh. mine just pop up. Um, what's it telling you? It says you have to have a membership or a register.
3: It just goes to a screen that says member login. Did you register for shape America? No, I believe I should have been a member, but I don't, maybe not. Maybe I'm just shape Colorado.
2: So log in, um, on uh, shape America, you can register for a free account on with shape America.
3: Okay. I'll, I'll check that out. Thank you. Okay.
2: You're welcome. All right, what other questions do you have? Is that helpful information? Okay. All right, so I saw up in the chat box, Emily, that we needed to discuss one thing from a previous
1: Roundtable. Yes, sorry, I'm going to it. Ben touched on it a little bit. He talked about the accountability, here it is, Um, and any technology solutions for that. So I think Ben talked quite a bit about this, but does anyone have any more questions on that or need more information? Feel free to unmute your mics or you can write it in the chat box. You're all so quiet. (laughs) Um, We'll stay up for a little bit longer. It is 11 a.m. So we'll keep this open for a little bit in case you still have questions you wanna ask or maybe you're just too shy to say something right now. Um, So if you have a question, you can go ahead and unmute your mic or you can write it in the chat box. However, if you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, Thank you for joining us today. And um, please feel free to reach out to anyone at Shape Colorado for questions or answers for things like this we're trying really hard to keep up-to-date on these things so just uh, let me know it looks like Amy put her email in there and I know Ben is uh, Ben is a great resource when it comes to technology and um, Amy's great for a lot of things as well she gets a lot of donated not donated she gets a lot of grant-funded money which is always great as well Um, yeah so if you have any questions go ahead and state. otherwise have a great rest of your day guys I hope the beginning of your school year starts I guess (laughs) And uh, thanks for joining us again.
2: Good luck, everyone. You can do
5: this.
4: Hey guys I just had one quick question Um, this is Kevin I'm actually in Emily's uh, district as well Um, I'm curious if anyone is in the situation where um, we're going back in person five days a week however we are all specials teachers will be teaching online so our entire class will be I, I'm not really sure how it's gonna look, but we're required to teach online so that we are not seeing um, any students in the other cohorts. So I'm wondering if anyone has any ideas with that, if anyone has experience or is doing the
1: same thing. Kevin, you mean you're teaching from your class, but the other class is in their classroom?
4: Yes, so every every class will be in their classroom. I am in the... Uh, wonderful seventh grade cohort with uh, 61 kids in the in the grade um split between two classrooms so I will only be with those seventh grade kids all day
0: and I'm Sorry. basically just lost for ideas okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had somebody come in. I missed the first part of that. So you're in your seventh grade classroom or the seventh grade cohort, but you still need to service all the other kids. Yeah. Sorry. I
4: should be more clear. So it's a, it's a K to eight school. And I service, there's two, sorry, there's two classes for every grade. So I service every kid in the building, obviously. And, and so, even the seventh graders, I will probably be teaching it online just so that it's, um, I'm not even sure how we would do it in person in the classroom or anything like that, so.
0: Okay, and are you um, in your gym or are you gonna have to be like in a classroom?
4: So I I have a small closet sized office that I will likely be, So, so we're doing cohorts, there's three uh teachers in the seventh grade including myself so there's the two classroom teachers and then myself as well and the only time i'll be in those seventh grade classrooms is to give those teachers like their plan time and their lunch time so we're all going to kind of rotate um coverage for the kids and if someone goes down or has to take a sick day i would cover for one of the seventh grade teachers
0: so So, really the Just off the top of my head, the best way to potentially do that because you still have to service everybody else in the building is uh, potentially creating, um, pre-creating or, you know, creating your lessons that can be done, you know, through even just a Google Meets and recording it where you're, you know, talking whatever. And if it's like, okay, we got to have the classes all there, have, you know, potentially the teacher from another classroom. You know, they join the Google Meet, so you're still teaching them within the building, but you're in another part of the building Um, Mm -hmm. and doing it that way, where you're having the interaction. Um, I I mean, if your kids in the other classroom have devices, that's where putting the padlets, they have to put examples or um, if you look on the playlist. Ah, uh, quizzes is is one that I actually do fitness on quizzes is where it's an animated motion, and they have to answer the questions and do that. But it can be played from anywhere in the world at the same time. Mm. Uh, so you're going to be looking at the same way that you know because you don't want to be a content creator. You don't want to be a physical activity content creator like everybody else on YouTube yeah. um, because you still want to hold them accountable. And so having it where even at the end of the lesson, okay, everybody scan this QR code and play this game or fill out this form, um, you're going to be, you know, that's going to be a place where you start in being able to. Even if you're working with the seventh graders you see in person, they're going to be doing the exact same thing. The only difference is they're in the room with you instead of in a camera. Now the classroom should have, you know, I'm assuming classrooms may have projectors, so you're going to be life size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where you'd start where you're having them going. Okay guys, I'm in the building You know, if I if you dial this number you can hear me i'm live Um type of thing where instead of you know, they're just watching a video and pretending um And then what I would do maybe you know I don't know if your school district or the teachers are going to be getting Or if they have to use a webcam on a computer versus like a wide angle like a gopro Mm
4: -hmm.
0: I use those in my gym because I can get all 170 degrees of my field of view um having that in a classroom um you know or if they have one per cohort or whatever um you get like one of the dollars ones or whatever but then you can see the entire room from your camera you know from their camera instead Mm -hmm. of having to look at each little head um you know or using an ipad where it's on a tripod or something and you can see more and more of the space um those would be kind of ways going okay if i have to because We do uh, when we do shows at my school, the the music shows and everything. um, Our preschoolers and our kindergartners can't really sit still that long, so we've actually we do a Google Meets and have the camera in the back of the audience and they watch Mm -hmm. it from the classroom, which allows them to get up and they can go wander a little bit or they can go to the bathroom without disrupting the whole show.
4: Yeah, absolutely,
0: where we started it. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that, yeah, that absolutely helps. The only, I guess the only other thing I worried about was, um, if I do have to cover for one of the teachers,
0: you know, that would you have be pre-recorded just like if you do a sub plan where it's like, okay, it's these games yeah. and you record the, the first couple of days you do it, you record them all and you go, okay, today you guys need to do this. And you're going to go through that. Um, because they would have to, if you have to cover another class, you can watch it but if they're cov- if you're covering they should be providing you know somebody for your, to to cover yours
4: yeah absolutely okay yeah all right well that's a very helpful
0: thing yeah
6: um, i had another question Our, i i'm assuming this is kind of across the board something people are dealing with but our budget has been cut dramatically <laughs> and most of my equipment is sports equipment which we now can't use at all because it's shared, you know, We unless it's one-to-one. Um, and so I don't have things like exercise bands or jump ropes or poly spots or yoga mats, cause I've never had to use them in my class before. So does anybody have ideas of like where to get funding for that? Is there COVID money for stuff like that or other resources for finding this equipment that I now suddenly find myself
2: I'll tell you what I was told. Due to COVID funding, I cannot teach one-to-one. Therefore, I need COVID funding to do this. So our district said, have the teachers ask, to ask their principals. Our principals are allotted. Um, they have a form where they can submit their needs um, to the district. And the district can um, approve or not approve. But our nurse said, it is totally acceptable um, to ask for COVID related funds, because of this. So um, even including um, if you're out in the field in or inside and having to wear the face mask, that makes it really hard to hear. So a wireless, something like that, um, that you can that kids can hear you. So I would talk to your principal and say, because I have to have one-to-one and I don't have that due to COVID, I need this equipment. Right. And ask for that. Um, now this doesn't help too much right now, but um, ESSA, Every Student Succeeds Act, um, Title IV, we are allowed to, um, to ask for money for physical education. So in my district, I have everybody submit their top two needs to me by the end of April, and I submit that. It's approved by the state, and then my students get what they need. But look into the ESSA Every Student Succeeds Act Title IV, and there's a bunch of resources for that on SHAPE America. Um, but again, that those have to be turned in in the spring. Um, so for right now, for COVID, um I would ask talk to your principal about the COVID money
6: okay yeah we're in I'm at a small charter school which we're associated with a district but I'm not really sure how that will like will get funding or how much funding we'll get like from them if there's any allocation for our school from the district so yeah I say ask
2: because
6: yep. it's a dramatic no if you don't yep definitely great
0: And Jenna, the other thing I'm doing with equipment um, is you know, obviously using different equipment to teach the same thing, but I have like a set of wiffle balls that one class is gonna use. When they leave, all those wiffle balls get in the bucket to get cleaned or sanitized or whatever, and then I'm using um, gopher balls for the next one. And so I'm kind of flip-flopping the equipment so I can keep it moving throughout the day. Great. Any other questions, concerns, wonders, worries, thoughts? All right. Well, with that being said, we will uh, end it, and uh, the you guys will get access to the video. Go back later. There'll be the podcast. Will be shared out. Make sure you clicked on the link that was posted earlier to fill out for your certificate. Um, and we appreciate it. And if you guys got people who need this information, whatever um, they'll be uh, able to share. Kevin, we probably won't schedule another one because um, we're looking at setting up convention stuff. Um, however, there may, because like my school starts next week with kids, supposedly they're waiting on health county. Um, so we'll see how that unrolls. Um, so yeah, just watch out. We'll make sure if we do do another one that everybody gets the email and whatnot. So also on that
1: note, um- Since you're all SHAPE Colorado members, if you haven't heard, you're hearing it now. The SHAPE Colorado convention is not going to be in person this year. It's going to be virtual as well. And we are working on that and seeing how it's going to look and how it's going to work out. So stay tuned for that. Thank you once again, everybody. Please enjoy the rest of your day. And I hope your school year starts and is okay.
0: (laughs) And remember, take it one thing at a time.
1: Yeah, take it one day at a time, for sure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our Shape Colorado podcast roundtable. Hopefully the information from the last three roundtables have been helpful in getting you ready for the new school year. Uh, We will be looking at posting some new podcasts on different topics uh, throughout the next month uh, with schools opening and new information coming out. So stay tuned.